Neighborhood Church. To find out more about who we are, go to neighborhoodchurchmn.org. Enjoy the message. job of becoming inclusive, and we've done it in a number of ways, but I want to talk about some ways that we can, uh, or a certain way that we can do that even more today. I think to start, um, it's going to be a little lengthy, but I'll kind of explain what I'm talking about, but we're going to kind of dive into a little bit of history today, um, because it's going to be important, but if you track with me, I promise we're going to get somewhere. So today I want to start, like I said, um, I kind of want to push the envelope. I want to question a little bit more. And I want to continue to do what we've done, like I was just saying, but I want to do that more. Okay, Mike, what are you getting at? And it's, <laughs> I hesitate to say it a little bit because I've never really said this publicly, but I want to question Christianity a little bit. And I want to question the way that we do things. I want to question um, culture a little bit more. And I want to question the, the history of where we've come. And why do I want to do that? It's, it, so my first question to start us off with that is, why do we go to church? Like, why are we here? What do we do? <laughs> and um, I, think it's, I think it's worth asking yourself that. Why do you go to church? Why does everybody go to church? Is it... The right thing to do is it something that you've always done does it make you feel good um, do you come to connect to God do you come just to look at Chris because he's a good-looking guy do you what why, why do you come you know are his jokes good they're really not so I can't imagine that yet <laughs> um, so as I was thinking about this I think there, for my for me and, and I'm sure you a lot of you share this is I come for community that's one thing I, I like the community here uh, and historically, I've come to learn more about God, the, how, to, how to connect to the divine, how to grow in my faith. And yes, I will admit there's part of me because of um, just the way that this has been taught to us is because it's the right thing to do. Like, hey, I go to church. That's good. It makes me a good person. And so um, I want to start there because we're going to start to... Um, unravel a little bit on what, like I said in the beginning, I want to I want to check out Christianity a little bit. Not that I want to disprove Christianity, but I want to take a closer look at it because if we truly are here wanting to connect to the divine, if we're here for community, I think we have to do that. And I'm going to start to show you why. I'm going to start to show you why and talk a little bit, introduce today why questioning your own beliefs can actually draw you closer to the thing that you're trying to believe in. Um, it's something that we historically do not do as Christians. It's something that um, you steer away from that because if you question, well, you, you must not be a great Christian or don't question God. You're, you're questioning his existence. 
And I think that's bogus. I think we could totally question God without questioning his um, existence. I think we can question God to learn more about him. So again, let's back this up and let's come back to that in a little bit. So again, why do we come to church? I think I think we can all agree that it's uh, about community, about um, coming to connect to the divine, and that, yes, a little bit of um, it's the right thing to do. Now, one thing I want to look at with that, though, if we're going to start to question this, is when we when we come to church, there's also a piece of it. Maybe you don't do this, but I think we kind of do, where you get comfortable. You wake up Sunday morning, you show up to church. And you kind of already know what the pastor is going to talk about, especially Chris. You're going to get a lot of him talking about himself, a lot of cracking jokes. Um, well, actually, I was going to say just kidding, but no, that actually is true. Um, but for, <laughs> for good reason. But you, um, whether this is your first church experience or you've been in church your whole life, I think you would know that you come to church and you already kind of know that you're going to be challenged a little bit. You're probably going to learn a little bit more about God. You kind of have this preconceived notion of the way that you're going to be challenged. Now, if um, you're like most people and even like me, um, the sermons that you don't really like to go to are the ones where you really feel challenged. Why? Because you feel guilty. You feel, oh, I've got a lot of work to do. Um, and what's interesting with that is if you have a church kind of like neighborhood has that starts to push that a little bit further and starts to push, um, make, starts to make you feel uncomfortable on a regular basis or starts to challenge, um, different things. If, if, if it wants to become more inclusive or say, yep, Hey, here's the way we were doing things with Christianity for a long time. We're actually going to start looking at something different. What you have is you have people that are like, well, no, I don't like that. I don't, Oh, I go to church to feel comfortable. I go to church to feel good about myself. Uh, well, I don't, I don't really like that. So what do people do? You leave the church or you go find somewhere else. And, and, and you justify it by saying, well, I just don't connect here. Which sometimes is true. Sometimes you just don't connect at certain churches, right? Um, but I just want to warn against that. I want to, I want to say that it is a good thing at church to come and to challenge and to question. Because it draws us closer to something else. So... Let's go again. We're here at church to learn more about God, to learn more about the divine. Okay, cool. So let's do just that. So we're looking at, let's say within Christianity, yeah, we look at the Bible a lot, but a lot of what we revolve around is the story of Jesus and learning from him. So I'm going to focus on that a little bit today. Not any specific stories, but the, the story of Jesus as a whole. And looking at the theme of who was he, what did he do, why did he, why did he come, what's the point of Jesus? And... Uh, simply put, I mean, there's a lot of things that he did, but if you look at his story, there's a couple things that he's always doing. First being, he's always challenging the status quo of that time, right? He's constantly doing that. We see that story and story, story and story again. He's challenging the status quo, and he is constantly uplifting the marginalized. Those are two things that I don't think anybody's really going to disagree with. Um, which is really cool. So we see him challenging the Pharisees. We see him um, going to the marginalized where people are like, you're crazy. You shouldn't be talking to them. Um, but what I want to focus on and what we often miss with this. Okay, yeah, Jesus, that's really great. You go and you help the poor. So I'm going to go and help the poor. Or you challenge the Pharisees, which is great because they were evil men that were gambling and taking money from the church. I'm going to go to my church and I'm going to find the evil men that are gambling and stealing from the church. It's like, so it, it starts to not make sense when you put it like that. But what I want to look at real quick is um, 
maybe not specifically what Jesus was doing, but the theme of what he was doing. Let's go back, like I said, just two minutes ago. He came to challenge the status quo and to lift up the marginalized. So if we're taking what he was doing at that time, it doesn't really translate to today. But does that mean that um, he, he doesn't want us to try to figure that out for today? I, I don't think that at all. I think it was more of the story. It gets you into thinking, oh, where is this kind of stuff going on in the church today? Who are the marginalized today? And so let's, take it, let's think about that for a second, okay? So unless, <laughs> unless I'm missing something, I don't think Chris is into any uh, scheme where he's taking all of our money and gambling it away. I don't think, at least, hopefully not. Um, I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't see a lot of um, that evilness going around. And um, so, <laughs> and then let's talk about the marginalized real quick, and then, then I'll pull the two together. So Jesus is, um, there's tons of examples where he's talking about different people that are marginalized, right? Um, we see like prostitutes, we see the lepers, we see um, the poor. He talks a lot about serving the poor, and that's all good, but I think he's showing a theme because culturally at that time, those would have been the marginalized people. It's because we have to acknowledge that the Bible was written 2,000 years ago to people in the Middle East. It, I mean, it was that's <laughs> with the idea that those people at that time culturally knew um, the old scriptures and knew what was going on, it wasn't necessarily written for us today in our culture. Now, we can take those, it still is very true, but we have to look at the content and, and paste in today what's actually relevant. So let's just do that. Um, I think, again, inclusivity is a big thing. And I think today it looks much different. I think, um, well, I know when we look at marginalized here at Neighborhood Church, we do that. We, we have um, been a big advocate of the queer community and how we're going to take a stand for that, right? Well done. We've done uh, a decent job at um, looking at racism and looking at people of color, how they're marginalized. Great. But I want to start to look at what about people that have other cultural beliefs than us? What about people that have different spiritual beliefs than us? That's somewhere I don't think we've really touched. Chris does a little bit, but I kind of wanted to take a stance on that today. And why do I want to take that stance? Because I'm going back to Jesus. He did that. He challenged the status quo, and he was inclusive. And so who, who is not included right now? It's pretty much anybody that's not white, Christian, and rich. Like, if you're not that, you're kind of marginalized in this country. Um, and so and I, so I think we should kind of branch out and continue to look at who are the marginalized. So... We're looking at Jesus' ex his example, and I'm starting to tell you that, okay, maybe we've started to get it wrong. Maybe we've um, started to depart from that a little bit. So how did that come to be? Okay? So where we're at is we come to church. We want to learn from God. We want to learn from Jesus. Okay? We're learning from Jesus. We start to see he's uplifting the marginalized. Um, he's challenging the status quo. And now we're looking at, okay, okay, I can, I can get on board with that. Well, where is that happening today? Where, and when, where am I questioning the church today? Okay, well, I'm starting to look at there's definitely problems like we've talked about um, where people are marginalized. So how did that come to be? I just said a second ago that unless you are white, straight, and rich, you're, you're marginalized in a sense. Um, and there's, and the, that's pretty loaded. So that's a pretty big claim, right? But... Let's, 
I want to dive into a little bit on how we got there and why that's actually true. Um, so, all right, we're going to take a little history lesson here. I'll, I'll try to make this brief. And if you get bored with it, I'm sorry, but it's super important to, to kind of look at this because it hasn't just been um, one thing where somebody made up their mind at one point and said, hey, I'm going to use Christianity and I'm going to start marginalizing people. It's kind of happened um, over hundreds of years, actually. And again, this is very surface. This is just kind of intro stuff. I'm not going to dive super deep into it, but I just want to give you a snapshot. So let's uh, let's start in like the mid 1400s. Okay, we'll go back that far. And at that time, there was I mean we see it in the Bible even back 2,000 years ago. There was there was slavery going on. There was a lot of bad things going on. But as I was kind of doing some research to say, okay, where did this start to come into play? Where did like this idea that Christianity is starting to use like race and starting to use um, to, to start, where did Christianity really start gathering this idea that unless you're white, straight, and Christian, um, you've really got it wrong? And more so, I'm kind of looking for us today, right? I'm trying to be relevant to what we believe today. So where did this kick off? Is in the mid-1400s, there was this idea that um, Western Europe was starting to expand, and there wasn't always the resources that they needed um, uh, where they were. So for instance, like England, right? England's an island. There wasn't really a lot of natural resources there. Okay, we need to go get resources from another place. We're growing, we're expanding. So at that time, uh, Prince Henry was kind of a, one of the characters here that was doing this. And there were other people doing it, but he was one that kind of stuck out to me. That he started commissioning people to um, go to Africa. This was kind of the first time to go to Africa to take slaves. Now there was slave trade before that time, but it was people were just sold as slaves where they were. But this was the first time that they had really taken a mission to go there with the idea that we are going to go and take people, take them out of where they are to come and serve our needs where we're at, and we're going to take their resources. And I'll start to explain why this is important. Because with that idea, at that time, people were like, well, you're nuts. You can't just go and take people. So what do you do? You start to justify your actions. Okay, you justify it. Well, we're going there, and what? And there was a few different reasons, but one key thing that really won over a lot of people was, well, they, I went there, or my scouts went there. We had some people that went there, and those people are barbaric. They're living, you know, their their way of life is terrible. They're not, they're not really, and they don't know God. Oh, how terrible! So what we should do is we should bring them over here, and we're actually blessing them. By enslaving them, because we're gonna we're gonna give them Christianity. We're gonna we're gonna give them God. Wow, that's way better life than what they're living. Because now they have God, and we're gonna give them food, and they're gonna learn our way, which is way better. We're way superior. Key point: we're way superior. So this idea starts to starts to, and it's already been there. But here's where it really starts to kick into gear: this idea that we're commissioned by God, and we're rich, which means we must be blessed by God, because. If, if we're if we're rich and we're at the top, that must mean we're doing things right because there's that belief that if you're doing things right, God's going to bless you. Okay, so it's starting to make sense. Okay, man, God blesses us. We're going to go do this. We're going to go take these people. We're going to give them Christ. Wow, man, this is really great. We're really doing good. And so this continues on, right? And then, <laughs> not too long after, America's discovered. And who, who started founding America? It was people that left Western Europe 
that were rich land white landowners that didn't want to like face taxations they didn't want to they wanted a place where they could go and be free of what they're doing there so they came here well we don't want to listen to rules so we're going to go start our own country and we're going to be free but the problem is is when they come over here they start doing the exact same thing that was happening in europe they start taking people they start taking um they oh well History books, if you were like me, you were like, oh man, they made a lot of peace with the native people. No, it's actually quite the opposite. There might have been a couple instances where there was some peace, but it was starting that same mentality that was already baked in, starting back in the 1400s before, that we are right, we are blessed by God, so we're going to take and we're justified with doing that. So they started taking land. They started taking resources. They started taking children. They started taking slaves. And then when that wasn't enough, as the country begins, then we start going over to Africa. Oh, now we're going to take slaves just like before. Why? Because it's a cheap way to, to um, farm our, our fields, right? It's a, it's a cheap resource, and we're giving them God. Again, coming back to this idea that it start to, it's starting to become dangerous, Christianity, because they're saying, we're going to take other people for, for God, and we're doing this for God, and we're blessed by God. So generation by generation, this starts to trickle down. Now, there was definitely people that opposed this, for sure, during this time. This wasn't a group thing. thing. There were people like, this is not right, this is not right. But the reason this survived is because it was acknowledged at a governmental level, at a higher level, right? The kings were doing it, the princes were doing it. When you get here, you write the constitution. Um, our presidents are having the same thoughts. So that's the majority. That's who's moving this forward. And so there are people that are opposing it, but it's starting to seep into your brain that, okay, maybe this is the right way of doing things. Maybe, and, and maybe you're not necessarily treating people that, but you're buying into this system that, yeah, we're allowing this. Okay, so now let's fast forward a little bit. Um, you know, there's slavery, and then um, the Civil War happens, and okay, sweet, it's done. We solved it. Slavery's done. Um, big win, right? <laughs> And no, all slavery, all, all the uh, Emancipation Proclamation, which actually really didn't even free the slaves, but let's just say for the sake of argument, we're not getting into it, it did. All that that accomplished and all the Civil War accomplished was that black people couldn't be owned. Never gave them, for lack of better terms, didn't really give them rights. They still couldn't vote. They still couldn't send their kids to good schools. They still didn't have money. They still didn't have access to resources. Um, because it, you just have this, because you still have this idea that they're inferior. Why? Because it's been baked in. Again, starting back in the 1400s and even before, you start, you're starting to have this idea that they're, um, and all people of color really are just less than. And you're like, Mike, wow, you're way off. You're talking about history. I thought we were talking about how we can find God in other cultures, and I thought you were, um, we're going to get there. Again, this is all important, and I'm, and I'm going to kind of bring it back up to where we're at today. So um, you start to have things uh, during this time where it's justified, where um, you know, it, it's baked in like Christianity and what part does this play in it that, again, you're using Christianity and because you're starting to think, yeah, I'm good. And you're looking in the Bible for any, any little spot that says you are blessed, you are better, and you're justified in your actions. We have things like in God we trust. Um, we have, you know, manifest destiny was a big part of this. Um, and so over the years, you just, you have this continuing on. Now, there's a little part where maybe Christianity didn't have a huge um, part in this, but it was still present, was, um, so like I said, slavery is done, right? Okay, great. 
all slaves are free. But what we have is we have all these laws and rules that are still governing um, people that are marginalized that they don't have the same opportunities, right? And that's backed very much by the Christian church at that time, which there was a lot of belief in that. There was, like, you weren't allowed to have coloreds in your church, right? There was white churches and there was colored churches. And there was starting to be laws that continued to marginalize people of color. For example, well, actually, before I give you the example, what I'm getting at here was this way of thinking now was so deeply rooted with us here that now we're going to start to protect it. We're going to start to make laws to protect that we are number one because we started to lose reason on why, why white, straight people were kind of at the top because people are like, well, wait a minute, we shouldn't have slaves. People were starting to become woke to that. So um, those rich landowners are starting to lose their grip. So what do they do? They start making laws to make sure they can keep those grip. So, um, for example, there was, uh, well, this is just one example, I guess, but, um, and I'm sure this happened quite a bit, but you have, um, there was a law at one point that you couldn't be a slave if you were Christian, right? So there was a, <laughs> just like, what? Um, what a random thing. Um, so there was this um, woman, and I'm not remembering the details fully, but here's how it went, whereas there was this woman that um, there was also another law that if your father was free um, and white, that you couldn't be a slave either, even if even if your mother was. And so um, she's enslaved. Her father is white. Her mother is black, and she's a Christian. So she's suing based on the fact. Well, like no, no, I I don't, I don't fall into this. She wins. But what does that do? That starts to worry the the landowners, the rich, the. Uh, the slave owners, and we're actually kind of backing up a little bit here. Um, so what do they do? They make a law that, oh, well, actually, if your mother is a slave, you can be a slave now. And, and Christianity doesn't have anything to do with it, only in that sense, though. But if you're white and you're Christian, you can't become a slave. So they started making, and this is just one of many, many laws that started doing this. It's like, okay, where there's a loophole, we're going to fill that loophole with a new law. Again, maybe Christianity wasn't exactly at the center, but the point that I'm starting to make and that we're starting to see here is, is Christianity has kind of pushed this forward. we got to start to be careful. And here's, here's where I'm starting to pull this point together. If all of this is true, Mike, if everything that you're saying is true, which it is, because it's not something I'm speculating, it's just written history. It's there. It's, like, it's, not, it's not covered up. It's not a conspiracy. Just if you read history books, you see that this is all true. Um, so how does that affect me today? So, um, okay, that's good. I thought I jumped over a whole section there. So how does that affect me today? Okay, Mike, you're saying, um, where are we at? Where, where is this becoming dangerous? Because if all that is true, then you can bet, and most assuredly, a lot of that think, a lot of that idea has trickled down into Christianity today. Now, is it fully that? No, because I've seen people um, do it wonderfully here, right? Um, but it, it's still there. It, it's, it, it, so what I kind of want to start to do is I want to start to pick apart, and I want to deconstruct, and we've already been doing it here, but I want to continue to do that on where within Christianity is it not right? Because if we just looked at history, like I just explained, we know that there is a lot that isn't right that got passed on from church to church to church that had nothing to do with the way the Bible was originally intended to be. 
So I think we have to, as Jesus, like I said in the beginning, Jesus came to challenge the status quo. I think if Jesus came today, he would come for the Christian church and say, whoa, 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 just like the Pharisees at that time who were embezzling money and things like that, here today, your Christian church is starting to make all these claims and ask, and um, um, all these assumptions that you're better. Whoa, 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 whoa. Like, we need to challenge that. We need to look at that because that is not drawing you closer to the divine because that is not inclusive. Jesus came to be inclusive and to challenge the status quo. So what I'm saying is if we truly are followers of God, if we're followers of Jesus, I think we need to do just that. And we need to use our brain a little bit and say, where does that, where does that translate from when Jesus was challenging the status quo 2,000 years ago in the Middle East to America today, to northern Minnesota today? We, and we need to come up with things and not be lazy and say, oh, well, uh, I, I give a couple bucks to the poor and there's no uh, money laundering going on in my church, so I'm safe. It's like, no, there definitely are things that are culturally appropriate today and are for this time that are happening. One of those things being we're not inclusive. We have allowed this system um, to really shape our mind. So here's, here's where it's dangerous. I am not saying that Christianity is bad. I'm not discrediting Christianity at all. I'm actually saying quite the opposite. I really, I, I'm here, I'm speaking today. Obviously, I am for Christianity, but I'm for what it was meant to be, right? So I wanna, I wanna, start, to, I wanna start to get there. And I know, I know Chris has really led us on this journey that has done that, but I'll just talk for a brief moment on, um, like I was saying in the beginning. So how does this have to do with other cultures? is I think we really start to strip away a lot of this stuff that's kind of happened where Christianity is right, this idea that we're the best, that we have everything figured out, that anybody else is a heathen and they're going to hell because they don't believe in our God. Because we, uh, uh, like, that needs to be stripped away because that's not a Christian. That is not even from the Bible. What does that sound like? Oh, white supremacy. Because when you start to look at when you start to look at everything that I just explained in history, and as we come there, it's like, oh, that mentality of we're best, that we're right, has nothing to do with the Bible. That actually has everything to do with just land and power. That doesn't belong in the Bible. What's going on here? So if we strip that part away, now we can start to ask questions. Now we can start to say, okay, what, what is the best parts of the Bible? And is the Bible the only way? And like I just said, if we're, if we're saying... It, it might not be, and Christians might not have it 100% figured out. We can ask questions like, well, what about other cultures? What do other cultures have that might be right, that might be really great? Now, does that mean you need to go convert to um, Judaism or you need to start um, being Islamic? No. I think, you can find, I think you can look at these practices right here within Christianity because it's it's how you've been introduced to the divine. It's how you've connected to the divine. It's how I've connected to the divine through Christianity. And I love that. But does that mean I can't take other practices and maybe learn a little bit more about the divine? I don't know. I think you can. But what I'm saying is if you start to strip everything away, you can start to ask these questions. And it's not a threat. It's not a threat to yourself, to Christianity. You can actually start to engage more. So I think it was last week or two weeks ago... Um, here I was doing uh, Sunday school for the kids and um, we're going through this book it's called Holy Troublemakers and it's about people in history that have um, been <laughs> okay. like been holy troublemakers people that have stood up for their faith but caused a ruckus within society or within um, within their time 
So what we were learning about was we were learning about Buddhism a little bit. And girls, do you remember his name? Me either. <laughs> I, was, I was breaking on you guys. So um, I can't remember his name, but he was Buddhist. Um, and so he was kind of doing the same thing that we were doing within Christianity. He was starting to challenge Buddhism and some of the beliefs that had become politically involved and saying like, whoa, 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 we can't do that. He, he was working during the time of like the Vietnam War. He was, he was close friends with Martin Luther King. Um, but I just found it so interesting that he was doing exactly kind of what I'm doing in Christianity. It's like, whoa, we need to strip away some of these things that were never intended to be because they're only hindering me. They're only hindering this guy who is a Buddhist from experiencing the creator more fully. And um, at the end of the story, there was the definition of what it was to be a Buddha. And um, to be a Buddha, it's that you reached enlightenment, which means that you are living in peace and forgiveness with all. And one of the girls in the class said, so can I be a Buddha and a Christian? And I kind of stopped, I was like, you know, per that definition, yeah, I think you can. I think you can be. I mean, I don't see how those two are conflicting at all. If, if anything, maybe some of those practices within Buddhism are exactly what Jesus is saying in the Bible, just in a different cultural lens. I was like, well, that's really cool. Now I can open myself up, and man, maybe I can take some of these practices. Maybe these work better for me than some of the practices in the Bible, but it's still leading me to the same end. It's still drawing me closer to God, to the divine, and to others, which is the whole point of all of this. And so I think we and um, I think we can do this all over the place. I personally have really um, done it with native culture. Um, why? Because I grew up last name is Valdez. Always thought I was Mexican, which by culture I guess I kind of am. I mean, um, I grew up with that as my culture, but by blood, actually I'm native, and I just found that out about five years ago, and. And so, as right when I find out that I'm Native, I start working for um, a job where I'm helping Native families get their children back. And through that process, I'm starting to learn a lot about the Native culture and having a lot of good conversations with folk. And it's like, holy moly, as I started to see some of these people that were really involved in their spirituality um, through the Native culture, I'm like, wow, you are connecting to the Creator even better than I am through the way that you do things. And actually, I know now that your God is the same God as mine. You just do it in a different way. And so that's my personal belief, folks. If you're not there, that's fine. But I just, that's how I've gotten there. It's, and so my challenge for you today is as we start to do this, you know, let's back it up. And, and I'll kind of walk through it, and then I'll be done here. We talked about, first of all, why do we come to church? come to church, and I think the general consensus is we come to connect to God, to have community, to learn more about the, the, the divine. Okay, So if we're doing that, then we look at Jesus' example, and we have already acknowledged and we've established that Jesus came to challenge the status quo, that Jesus came to uplift the marginalized. We took a little bit of a look at history and said, wow, here's actually where the marginalized are today. Here's where we need to challenge the status quo today. So now where we're at, is we've opened up our eyes a little bit and, and just been comfortable to ask questions. I'm not trying to tell anybody how to change their beliefs. All I'm, all I'm challenging you is just like to open up your eyes a little bit, to be able to be comfortable to challenge a little bit. Not because I'm calling all of you wrong, but because I'm saying, man, there's so much more that we can experience with the Creator if we do that. That is, there's a huge roadblock that if we're not willing to 
if we're not willing to question, there's a huge roadblock that is keeping us from the divine. And as we start to do that, I don't think there's any harm in doing that because A, you might find some other practices that are amazing that are going to draw you to the divine. And even if you don't, even if you stick fully with Christianity and this is the way that I connect to the divine, you can at least, at a very minimum, have respect for other cultures and for other people and say, hey, even though I don't choose that, I am seeing that they are connecting with the divine. What have we just done? We have now taken away um, where we are marginalizing those folks. We have now taken away that idea that I am better than them. And that's exactly what we're, I want to get at. Because we are trying to deconstruct that, that idea that we are better, that we have it right. Because again, that is not a Christian thing. That is not from Jesus. That is not from the Bible. There are verses that kind of talk about that. But if you look at the theme, it's not even close to what it is. And I know Jesus was doing the same thing. He was coming to challenge people and say, hey, look at where everybody is included. No matter their race. No matter their sexual identity. No matter their religion. And so that's one that we don't always talk about is no matter their religion because we want to think that we have it right. But maybe we do. But I'm not willing to say that without, without opening that up. And it only makes me more inclusive to other. We are opening up the door to inclusivity if we can say, hey, that person over there, their spiritual beliefs, maybe those are valid. Maybe I want to learn more about that. And, you know, so that's where I am today is that's kind of my challenge, folks. Um, again, I hope you see the importance of kind of looking through history because it really does show um, where we've got. But no, I definitely love this church and I definitely love what we're doing. And I, I think as we continue to grow, that will be a huge part of us being an inclusive church and an inclusive community because there are a lot of people out there that still will say, hey, you think less of me because you're a Christian and I'm Buddhist. And so therefore I have it wrong. And I think it's, I think it's just the opposite. I think Jesus came to teach us the exact opposite. So... That's where I'll end today. Um, that it's that it's okay to question, folks, because it because it will draw us closer to the divine. I, that of that I'm convinced. So I don't think we'll have any more music or anything. Um, wanted to thank you guys all for coming out today, and all of you. On, oh man, we didn't even give a shout out to everybody listening online. Sorry, folks online. Um, I'm sure you guys are wonderful sitting at home, warm in bed with a nice cup of coffee. I'm jealous. Um, but uh, hope you all have a wonderful week, and I think we'll see you back next week. So thanks for coming to Neighborhood Church, and uh, no Vikings today, so go Packers, I guess. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>